You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I'm your host, certified life coach, practicing physician, and busy boss lady mom, Kathy Whaley, MD. This is the podcast where busy professionals like you come to learn to create a life they don't need a vacation from by burning your manual, this book that defines your expectations of self and holds you back. If you're looking to get off the hamster wheel, cultivate your wellness and feel better, you're in the right place. Hello, hello. It is officially the year 2023. So happy new year. I am coming to you today to give you my tips and tools for starting the year off with less baggage and having an upcoming year that creates less baggage. So today we're going to target regret. Regret is defined as, there's three different definitions according to Merriam-Webster. To miss something very much, to mourn the loss of, or sorrow aroused by circumstances beyond one's control. And it's really that third one that we're going to talk about, right? Because the sorrow is a noun. I'm talking about the sorrow and sadness that comes from what did happen that you wish hadn't and what didn't happen that you wish did. Does any part of this resonate with you? The new year is upon us and you're approaching the new year with a little bit of trepidation. You're thinking back on the past year with some amount of regret, guilt, shame, blame, dissatisfaction. And you're sort of wondering like, okay, how's this next year going to go? And you might even be somewhat relieved. You're like, thank goodness this one is over. Maybe you told everyone that you were going to lose 50 pounds and it didn't happen. Maybe you said something to someone and a relationship sort of was torched. And you're sitting there, man, I wish I hadn't done that. So what is the problem with regret? Here is my perspective on regret. People behave as if regret is a destination. And they basically live there. They set up shop, living in that place of regret And not just feeling the feelings, because feeling the feelings is great. It's really fighting against the reality of what has happened. And so when we live in that place, we miss out on now, right? We miss out on how amazing each moment is. But it also holds us back from our future, right? Because we have the potential to use our past to inform our future, But as we've talked about, every time that we do that, we're sort of missing out on the limitless possibilities because we're always coloring in the same lines. I know that's a bunch of analogies. Just work with me here. The other problem with regret is that it feels bad. So people resist it, react it, or avoid it. And what I mean by that is They engage in buffering activities like drinking more, eating more, surfing the net, just doing things that don't get you a result you actually want. 
a lot of people take regret and they go to a secondary emotion. So maybe they have regret or even shame and that feels really uncomfortable to feel. So then they go to the place of anger. Anger is very common. So we are going to talk about all of this. And I am going to share something that is probably my most powerful example of regret, but it's also one of my most vulnerable examples. But I'm here to share. So when I was in high school, we were having a particularly challenging family time, and I was a people pleaser and a perfectionist. And so I was in chemistry class, and I really loved chemistry and was good at it. And a test was coming, and man, like I just wasn't focusing. I wasn't really studying, I wasn't really focusing when I was studying. And, you know, I had an A. And I absolutely had my identity tied to that A, right? I am someone who makes A's in her class. So for the first and only time in my life, I had premeditated I was going to cheat. And so sure enough, I went to the test with papers and had it in my mind that I was going to use it to keep the grade that everyone expected of me. Well, I'm sure that you can guess what happened before I could even use it. Before I had even like succeeded in this plan, you know, I was caught and it was devastating to me because the reality is I knew what I was doing didn't align with my own ethics or morals. But, you know, I was a very distressed teenager at the time, and my brain was not terribly healthy. I hadn't been sleeping a lot. And so I'm still determined that I made the best decision I could in the moment. But, man, that is not how I felt about that time. So I I literally sobbed when found. I ended up having to get checked out from school. My dad took me to my therapist. And let me just note, y'all, the crazy part about this is I got to basically do the test over and did perfectly fine on the test. It was absolutely ridiculous that I was just so fearful of not keeping up the facade that I decided to do this. And when I say ridiculous, I'm genuinely not offering myself judgment. It's just really reflection of sort of looking at it now. I would never even contemplate that. I'd be like, okay, like I'm just not gonna do as well on this test. It's okay. So here's the deal. Here's where the regret factor came in. This moment in time followed me for years, years and years and years. And I absolutely tried to process it, but could not figure out how to successfully. So it would happen at random throughout the year and the subsequent years that A, I would think about this 
and just wish it had never happened, right? Just, I mean, have complete regret and suffering for the choice I made back then. Telling myself, you just shouldn't have done it. But I also had a lot of shame. And so here's where regret easily leads to shame. Regret, we're inherently disagreeing with a past state. And in this case, I was disagreeing with a past decision, right? I'm telling myself I shouldn't have cheated or tried to cheat on the test. And remember, every time that we use the word shouldn't, we're operating from the manual. It's like saying, I expected better for myself. So when you're sitting there disapproving of your past decision, that is also where the shame creeps up. Because anytime that we're judging ourselves for our past decision, shame and blame are born. It's just inevitable. So I, I can happily tell you that here I am more than two decades later, and this does not haunt me anymore. I no longer regret this. And that probably seems really weird, but I'm going to explain why I no longer regret it. The same event can be interpreted in or out of your favor at any time. So in the past, when I thought back on this attempted cheating scandal, all I saw about it was my own breach of moral ethics. I shamed myself. I blamed myself. And it, to me, was a moment that defined like me being a bad person. And so there was quite a bit of years that was meant to create some sense of restitution. But really, like there was nothing I could have done to create restitution for this. I just had to deal with it and process it. So... When we are faced with a feeling that is hard, we have very typical patterns for how our brain handles that, okay? There's like this very typical saying that's like the neurons that fire together wire together. So we each have a pattern that when these feelings come up that are really uncomfortable for us, like for some people, it's... um, Sadness For other people, it's shame or blame or guilt. And so we have this wiring that when we feel this feeling that creates discomfort, we then go to a place that's more comfortable. So for example, maybe if you don't want to feel sad, you will do some thinking that helps you get to a place of anger. Okay, instead of just focusing on the fact that something's sad. So here's the bottom line. This whole cheating thing was tremendously sad to me, right? I was so sad that I had attempted it. But instead of feeling my sad 
and just like allowing it and processing it, I beat myself up. I tried to somehow redeem myself. I got angry about the life circumstances that were going on in my life that created a situation where I felt that was the right choice. And you know what? You could think all of that is true, but at the root of it, the bottom line is I was just sad. I was sad and I needed to process it. And instead, I created this big elaborate story about myself, about the moment to avoid processing the sad. So if you find yourself now with a sense of regret, it's time to process that feeling. That feeling alone without going on the winding, weavy ways that our brain tries to take us. So here's how this would look like in practice. Let's say that I thought about the cheating attempt and I would tell myself, I'm sad I did that. Because the neurons that fire together wire together, the minute that I had that thought, my brain would start going through the shame spiral, the blame spiral, the anger. Like I would start thinking all the thoughts that helped me move away from the sad and into the anger or the blame or the shame. And when this happens, understand nothing has gone wrong, literally not a thing. This is how our brain's anatomy functions. This is neuroscience right here. But what we have the opportunity to do is to create new associations, new circuitry, right? Because the brain is neuroplastic. It can learn new things. And so what we're doing is every time that we're sitting there and our brain veers off away from just allowing the feeling, I am sad. We notice it and we interrupt it. Yeah, there's that old pattern. I see you, but here's where I want to go. And all you're doing is just redirecting yourself back. Like, but I'm just sad about this. I'm just sad. I don't have to go beat myself up. I don't have to shame blame myself. I don't even have to come up with some sort of restitution. I just have to redirect myself to, I am sad. So that 100% practicing that and bringing it back every time that you see yourself veer down this other path, bringing yourself back to allowing the feeling, whether it's regret, sadness, whatever it is that you just don't want to allow It's time to allow. And here's the cool thing. My clients always tell me that when they finally allow that primary feeling, it's actually more comfortable than what they've been doing, right? Because they've been sitting there sort of creating their own torture by concocting this big story about what happened and what it means about them, et cetera, instead of just letting themselves be sad or letting themselves be regretful 
Letting themselves just feel the sorrow. So, I get that this may seem like a scary undertaking because it's unfamiliar, but just know I am here for you. If you try this and you need support, please just email me or send me a message on Facebook. I don't care how you go about it. Just reach out to me. But have your own back and focus on feeling the feeling so that we can process this. We can be done with the regret of 2022. And we can start 2023 lighter, with less baggage. Let's not carry that other crap with us. Let's buy new things in 2023. So how do we create a year, a new year, that has less regret in it? Because as much as I want to tell you it's regret-free, the reality is is that that pathway, that emotion will creep up. But part of this is managing it, like I just taught you previously. But it's also being really intentional about your choices, right? So you're going to come across moments in time where you make the best choice that you can for yourself, right? So when I think about the house build that we just did, we started that in 2020 and we just moved in two weeks ago. If I had known then what I know now, we would have never started that build back then, right? So I could absolutely be sitting here living in regret about having built this house that we're currently living in. But here's the thing. I didn't start building that house two years ago with that information, right? I made the most informed decision I could at the time, not knowing that it was going to get COVIDed and that we would have all these supply chain issues and it would take twice as long and cost a ton more money. I mean, I, I didn't have a crystal ball. So at this moment, I'm having my own back. I made a choice back then with the information I had. And so here's my, here's my tagline. Here's my tag phrase. I'm never going to intentionally mistreat myself, which means that I'm never going to intentionally look back on the past and tell myself I should have done something differently because I'm not sitting there trying to give less of myself. I'm doing the best that I can. That's 100%. And I have just chosen to fully embrace that. So that's my number one tip is in this year coming up, as you make choices, when you're debating between two things, just commit to it and have your own back. Give yourself the acknowledgement that when you make the choice, you are doing so with the best intentions, with the information you have available. And that's all you can do, right? Now, here's the other thing. There are moments in time where something is just niggling us, right? It's like living deep inside of us and we just can't get it out of our mind. Such as like, I really want to explore this job opportunity. And you keep telling yourself that you can't, you shouldn't, whatnot. That's the moment to ask yourself, am I going to regret 
not having explored this? And if the answer is yes, go for it, right? That is your true, authentic self trying to be heard and noticed. Your gut exists for a reason. And we try to intellectualize a lot, but our body, our authenticity, our integrity is sitting there trying to tell us, let me out. We need to do this, right? So again, as you come up some sort of major milestone that you feel very conflicted about in the upcoming year, just be frank with yourself. Am I going to regret not trying? If the answer is yes, support yourself. Commit to trying. Know that you're doing your best. No holds barred. Here is the opportunity to do things differently if you want to. And it doesn't take the new year to choose to do things differently. It just so happens to coincide that it's at those specific times like New Year's, Easter, maybe some other important milestone points in each year for you. But it's at those places where we really start to think about it because we're reflecting on the past. So my encouragement to you is this. Reflect on the past and process it. Put it where it belongs. Process it. Leave the baggage. And then recognize that 2023 is filled with limitless possibilities. You can do it differently. It doesn't have to collect this much baggage. Not telling you you'll be baggage free. But what I'm saying is you can apply this one little percent and it will be 1% better than it was. And that is worthwhile. Just feel the feelings of whatever has happened before. But don't change it into blame, shame, regret that just is about arguing with reality. Let the reality sink in and know that the reality you have coming in 2023 is yours to create. You have the palette with which to paint. I want to give you all so much love as I sign off this week. This is my 39th episode on the podcast. And I thank you so much for listening and supporting me on my journey to help you all feel better. If you have any special requests for topics, I hope that you will please email me or reach out because I would love to meet your needs in whatever way I can. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review it. It helps it become visible to other people and share it with a friend. I, I would love to help anyone that you feel might benefit it. Happy Monday, my loves. Happy 2023. Are you ready to get started building that life you don't need a vacation from? Well, visit me at kathywhaleymd.com for free resources, links to the blog, and information about upcoming events. 
There are many different ways to work with me, and if we aren't a good fit, I'll be happy to refer you to someone who is. I am right here rooting for you.